Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. Why, hello, and welcome to episode 221 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the second episode of December 2017, in which I will be speaking to Kaiju artist and mega fan Matt Frank about his recent trip to Tokyo. Uh, in addition to hearing about his times in Tokyo with Tokyo Comic Con and meeting fans and so forth, he met up with veteran Showa-era suit maker Keizo Murase, who has just gotten involved with the Kickstarter campaign from a modern-era tokusatsu director named Daisuke Sato, and they are crowdsourcing the funds to build a kaiju suit. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in this episode. Now, I think what we're going to do is we're just going to have the conversation with Matt really as the meat of this episode. We're going to play Baradagi God of the Mountains by Akira Ifukube from Varan the Unbelievable or Daikaiju Varan, which is heavily associated with Keizo Murase, of course. And then we'll dive right into the interview. Joining me via the magics of the internet, we have Mr. Matt Frank back on the Woo! podcast. Uh, now, if you remember Matt Frank, he is the one of the illustrators and one of the comic artists behind Rulers of Earth. He also worked recent, somewhat recently with IDW's Godzilla Rage Across Time. And then, in addition to all that stuff, you've been hitting uh, Japan recently. You just got back from your trip to Tokyo. Tell me yeah, a little but- bit about that, man. Yeah, man. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, oh man, you know, my wife, uh, and I refer to it as the, the, the month trip to fantasy land because <laughs> that's basically what it was. Like, like every successive trip I've gone to has just gotten more and more crazy and intense. And this recent one, well, I, I, I think in no small part, it also coincided with my birthday. I stayed an extra few days. Well so planned. Like, well planned. <laughs> yeah, I know. It really worked out when I, when I figured, cause I was going, the specific reason I was going was cause, you know, I worked, I, 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 we've been releasing through phase six, this publishing company, we've been releasing Godzilla rulers of earth in Japan, in Japanese, and we've been doing new covers for them. It's been great. 
Jeff Zorno just turned around a super awesome cover for volume four. I also did a collaboration for the special edition cover with uh, Yuji Kaida. Ooh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 I did Anguirus. He did Megagirus, um, which I think is funny how that works out. But then the main reason I went was because there were going to be three events back to back. There was going to be uh, Kaigai Manga Festa, which is the international comics festival. Okay. Uh, then there was Brave and Bold, which is a, a little, a smaller show, a little more internationally focused as well. Um, but I was there signing alongside Nishikawa Sensei, Shinji Nishikawa, which is really cool. And then the big one was Tokyo Comic Con. And that one, uh, that one was crazy. Uh, because, and the big, the big, 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 big ticket was I was there promoting Red Man, the new Red Man comic that I'm doing through Phase 6, licensed by Tsuburaya. That is super cool. Actually, yeah. you and I talked briefly about that in uh, in <laughs> August. And I had... Yeah, well, it, well, it, was, it, it was so funny because I was sort of like being all coy and cute about it and like, oh, I'm working with Tsuburaya on something, but I can't really talk about it. And... I believe you just kind of were like, haha, is it like a new Red Man comic? Who would do that? <laughs> it was, and, and let's was, call it an educated guess, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, well, you like, I just, I literally, I think, I don't remember exactly how I looked, but I must have just had my mouth hanging open because I was like, wow, you nailed it. It was um, pretty good. It was, it was a little personal victory for me. <laughs> that was, no, that was hilarious. Cause, uh, I mean, you, thankfully, I swore you to silence, but, um, uh, so yeah, that's been our big, that was the big focus of the trip. And man, I, 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 we did like a preview, like the first volume isn't done yet. I'm still working on it, but. We were just doing a special preview version. It was only like the first two stories, like the equivalent of two issues. Yeah. And um, man, the fans are loving it. Like it has got a huge amount of buzz over there. That's cool. Uh, uh, do yes. me a favor, actually, because, so, you know, we have a wide variety of kaiju fans that listen to the show. Tell the listeners a little bit about what Redman actually is, because <laughs> it's I mean, without diving too much into the insanity that is Redman. Well, I mean, you can't not talk about the insanity of Red Man <laughs> when talking about Red Man. So, in a nutshell, in the 1970s, okay, so so everybody listening surely knows who Ultraman is. So, Subaraya Productions is the company that owns Red uh, well, they own Red Man, but they also own Ultraman. They produce a lot of other superheroes as well, including Fireman and Eisenborg and um Megaloman, and I think was a Subaraya joint uh just a bunch of weird stuff. Gridman, which became Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, um, which they're bringing they're bringing that back as an anime and actually calling it Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad Gridman. Not so. This is nuts. It's it's, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. But in the 1970s, uh, there was this children's variety show, and Subaraya produced these little three minute shorts called Redman. And it's about this Ultraman type superhero. Uh, there's no story. There's no miniatures. It's just Red Man running around in the wilderness, finding kaiju who are just just having a good time. You know, they're just not really menacing anything. Mm -hmm. um, and he just savagely uh, beats the hell out of them and uh, and and will just stab them to death. <laughs> 
and it's pretty brutal body out in a field <laughs> yeah the, the story yeah <laughs> the plot of each one is red man comes across monsters with which he is going to with whom he is going to beat <laughs> it's really yeah. it's it's and sometimes they get the upper hand but it's not mm-hmm. it's not really a plot it's not really character development at all sure sure red man the bully so wait i gotta ask uh, how does that play out in the comic did you guys get to actually develop a character for this comic or is it are we seeing a manga version of a red man episode or so on okay so that's a really good question because a lot of people ask me the same thing even over there even in japan we're like like there was actually a lot of speculation on japanese message boards like well, is this going to be like an American version of the comic? Like, are they going to do it? That's literally some of some of the tweets were saying it's like, oh, they're going to do like an American superhero, but it's going to be Red Man. This is going to be weird. And it, it, it was funny because so my manager, Andrew Hall, he's the guy who runs Phase Six. He fell in love with Red Man when Superaya started uploading the old episodes onto YouTube, as did a lot of Kaiju fans and Tokusatsu fans. And so he kind of had this wild hair to like to to make a Redman comic. He was like, because he's never his company, I don't believe, has made an original comic before. Everything that they've done has just been adaptations mm-hmm. or, um, or 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 uh, translating stuff for the Japanese market. And we, through a couple of connections, were able to secure a meeting with Subaraya. I say we, I mean Andrew did, and he just kind of pitched it to them. It's like, look, we we really want to make a red man comic. We just think it's really ripe for creativity. And Subaraya was like, so they've been so supportive. They've just been like, yeah, go for it. Um, and so right from the start, I knew I didn't want to stray too far from the show. Like I, we kicked around some ideas about making it like this big thing or making it like a sequel series or, Oh, what if Redman goes to Earth? And what if it becomes a little more like a traditional Ultraman narrative? Mm-hmm. But we decided, you know what? Let's just make it the show. <laughs> but but we'll get a little creative with it. Like like there is a story. There is a broader overarching story as to why this is happening and what is like why is Red why is this this guy, this this superhero running around the wilderness just killing monsters? And why are these monsters here? And like, wh- where is this? And I don't, I, 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 I don't want to blow too much. I'm obviously not going to give you guys any spoilers. Yeah, but... don't do that. I don't want spoilers. I want. To, <laughs> I actually do want to check this out at some point. Oh yeah, well that's the that's the big kicker is that it will be bilingual. Um, you you will be able to read it. I I, I wrote the script myself and. Um, uh, and then uh, Phase Six is doing it in both in G- English and Japanese. Oh, sweet! So, so you can read it when it's available on Amazon. It'll be available on Amazon.jp, as I understand it. Um, and you should be able to order it and read it, enjoy it at your leisure. Excellent, um, excellent. Yeah. So, so the but the story is not. I even even though we are exploring some of the whys, we're not really exploring the how. Like I don't. I don't want to go all Star Wars prequels on this. And you mean you're not like, going to write the Red Man origin story about? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll ever actually know who or what Red Man is. But 
I because I just feel like when you start blowing the mystery, you start blowing the the appeal of what's happening of of watching this weird thing. And really, I mean, it's really from the monster's perspective starting out. Oh, awesome. Like, yeah, like there's there's one pa- page. This is the only real spoiler. It's not really a spoiler, but like there's this one page where Redman literally just shows up in the bottom left corner of the page. Like he just materializes out of the mist. And I had fans coming up to me, like turning to the page and being like, Jason Voorhees, Jason Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, nice. they were, they were loving that. And, um, so, so it's, so yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Well, here, I'll write the origin story for Redman right now. Okay, so, uh, Redman and his parents had just finished seeing a movie and they left the movie <laughs> theater walking through an alley. We'll call it Kaiju Alley. And, uh, and then they come across some big bad kaiju who kills his parents. And then Redman, sure. uh, has to train really hard to become the ultimate warrior. <laughs> and maybe. Why did you say that name? Exactly, right? <laughs> I mean, I can take full credit for that, right? And there's no, there's no sure, Batman yeah, origins I'll, in there. I'll write you a stipend check. No, um, but that, that, I, I love the idea of a Red Man comic. So I can't wait to see, uh, actually how that turns out. How far into it are you again? Well, I'm only, I'm currently only two issues in. I've written the scripts for, um, three, four, and five. Um, and so that'll be the first volume. And then volume two will be like another five issues or episodes, as you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to see where we want to go after that, because I've kind of got this arc in planned out. And then at the end of at the end of the second volume, it's going to be a question of like, well, where do we go from here? Awesome. So. We'll see how things shake out. I mean, I would love to do like a, like a 10 volume series on it. As <laughs> as, just as so long as I, as I have ideas for it. Are there any but, other heroes that you like have your eye on, like Super Aya stuff that you're like, oh, it'd be super cool uh, to do like a USA Ultraman comic series? Oh, that'd be rad, actually. I'm just uh, just tossing that. things off my head, you know, but uh, well, just kind of curious. Yeah. How, and was it fun to work with Super Aya as a as a property? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, they're they are super like just super supportive. They're super polite. Um you know, they're, they're a very close knit company and, and they, they kind of have always had this family run business feeling to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, you know, work with Toho for years and the people at Toho I've worked with are great, but, um, it's still a very big company and it's, it's kind of, you got to kind of try to push stuff through sometimes. And it's just, you know, it just comes with the territory. Subaraya is like, you know, it's a small, fair, fairly tight knit group. Um, they're very, like I said, very supportive. Um, they, uh, uh, one thing I will say as just a bit of a highlight of my trip while I was there, I, I did some, uh, they, I got to do some cool, like secret stuff that I can't really talk about. Mm-hmm. But, um, then at one point they trotted out a, a, a full blown red man suit like the like red man i got to meet red man nice <laughs> like a guy in a red man suit came out or i'm sorry i should say he is red man um like we were we were just having a meeting and um and at one point my manager was like hey hey uh somebody wants to meet you and they, i literally came into another room and there he is <laughs> he's just standing there like they just pulled him out of his department uh <laughs> it was in his cubicle <laughs> like, and they're hey, just man, like oh yeah you gotta gotta earn your quota here um <laughs> 
Yeah, he just stand, stood there and he like he saluted. He did the red salute and everything, um, which, you know, like the hand up in the air and everything. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I, I freaked out a little bit. And I'm just like, oh, oh, God, oh, God. Like, I, I, I kind of was losing my losing my my mind a little bit, like because it was there was a part in the back of my brain that's because they they'll do that sometimes like they'll have a visiting guest or something it just in japan you'll see it on like on like talk shows and stuff um like they'll trot out a monster suit like well del toro got to meet baltan yeah when he yeah. was promoting pacific rim uh and and i sort of there's sort of in the back of my head i'm like boy that sure would be neat for one day for that to happen and then it did <laughs> <laughs> The so closest I've was, gotten to that is uh, meeting a couple of the kaiju suits at Kaiju Sakaba. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's always awesome. I've seen that happen twice. Who did you meet? Uh, well, when we were there for the documentary, Sibos was walking around. Aww. And then when my girlfriend and I went back in 2016, we specifically planned the night uh, to go back to the Sakaba because they said that Bemular was going to be walking oh, around. So I got to meet cool. Bemular. That was fun. We were in a tiny, teeny, tiny little, um, little booth. booth. It was just like a two person booth, which oh, I had sure. never, I had only been in like the big room before. It was right. pretty cute. Uh, that actually might be a great way for us to migrate into more talk about your trip. Tell me some of the other sure. highlights of, of your recent visit to Japan. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I could, I could probably talk about this trip for, literal hours but we don't have that kind of time so um (laughs) um you and i am sure next time we see each other we'll just we'll just talk endlessly but um the i'm trying to think like there was just so much i got to do um uh like uh so there were a lot of little highlights like little things i could just i could guess i could just rapid fire real quick um my friend uh ryuki kidoka san who is a um a stunt actor. He, he was the nineties ultra seven and, uh, he was a couple of characters in some of, he played a few monsters. He played the final boss monster in Ultraman Tiga. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was at G fest this past year. Yeah. I got to, I got to speak with him. I actually got to yeah. be part of the panel that moderated his, uh, oh, his yeah. talk with Stan too. That was fun. Yeah. I heard about that. He's a really cool, super nice guy. Um, he uh, invited me out and uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm going to reach out to a couple of friends of mine and see if we can't all meet up. And when I got there, it was like, oh, um, here's Nakamura-san. He played Ultraman Tiga. Here's <laughs> um, here's um, oh, uh, Nishimura-san. Uh, Nishimura-san. Shoot. Mimura-san. That's it. Uh, OK, I, I, it's hard sometimes keeping all the names straight. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Mimura-san, who's a. Um, uh, he's a stunt actor for a bunch of monsters in Ultraman and a bunch of Power Rangers. Like he goes to New Zealand and, and films with with Saban on actual Power Rangers episodes as opposed to just Super Sentai. Cool. And yeah. And then. Oh, oh. And here's um, uh, uh, Yoshida-san, GMK Godzilla. <laughs> oh, I love that dude. I love yeah. that dude. Oh, he's, he's so super awesome. Nice. And, and and they were like, oh, man. And Ryukyu-san was telling me like. The stars must have aligned because this never happens. Like we never all get to hang out like this. That's cool. And man. Yeah. Yeah. And so we all hung out and we got super wasted and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just, um, 
just had a great time. And, um, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, they really want to come to America and do more shows and stuff. And, uh, and I'm like, Oh man, I'll, I'll try and see what I can do. <laughs> try to <laughs> name drop you to some guys. That'd be cool to get them to some con- con- conventions or something. Um, and, uh, like that was really fun. Uh, I randomly ran into Shinji Higuchi on the train. Oh yes, yeah, that's he- right. I saw your pictures of that. That's so cool. Yeah. It was totally like out of nowhere. Like I was on my way. I was actually on my way. This is another cool thing that happened. I went out to Soshingaya to Ultraman town to, uh, meet up with, um, uh, Takeshi Yagi, the director of Super 8 Ultra Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he's an old friend. I've known him for a couple of years. And, uh, I also met up with Jim, Jim Ballard and Jared Lipertito. I don't know if you know them, but. Oh they, yeah. Uh, they were my camera guys for the documentary. Oh, sweet. Okay. I, I didn't know if there was a connection there, but that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, we, we, I was on my way out to meet up with them and, uh, the train stopped in like Shibuya or Shinjuku or something. And then I, I saw this guy get on the train. I thought, no way. And, and then he kind of <laughs> looked at me and I kind of looked at him. We kind of looked at each other for a second. And I'm like, Gucci san? He goes, Mato san? And, <laughs> nice. we just, and we just, we started laughing our asses off because we, we couldn't believe this happened. And we took pictures with each other. And he's a really like <laughs> friendly, like loves taking goofy pictures and stuff. And I invited him out to, um, you know, Gucci san's bar. Um, yeah, I know about it, but I haven't been yet. Fingers okay, crossed yeah. for my January trip. I invited him out because I knew we were going to go there uh, on that Friday. I was going to take my friends Alice, Alan and Madison there. Um, and uh, and I was like, yeah, if you've got time, please, please join us. I know you're very busy. And he, he looked at his schedule and he was like, yeah, I'll be there. Um, so, yeah, we ran into him later. He, he didn't get there until super late because I think he had just came on, came in from Osaka. And, uh, he came in to visit and we all kind of hung out for a little bit and took some pictures and he was, I gave him a copy of, of the Red Man preview and he was very excited about that. Super cool, so, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's like a, uh, the small town vibe where you just run into people on yeah. the train. Well, that's what he said. He was like, oh yeah, Tokyo is very narrow. You know, everybody just gets funneled into like the same two or three <laughs> trains eventually. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah man and i mean there's a bunch of there's a uh i i i feel like i'm at the point where i'm starting to forget stuff and i can't let that happen because like i had a surprise birthday party that some fans threw me like mm-hmm. i didn't know what would the what the event was but like i thought it was some kind of a fan meet and greet like i was gonna sign stuff for people or we were all just gonna get a drink or something and i'm like oh, that's fine turned out it was a it was a surprise birthday party and they were like, oh, yeah, we rented out a room and we're playing Ultraman on all the screens and stuff in this projection room. And like, we get got you a cake and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. That's super cool. Uh, That's super cool. That's awesome. I, I someday I want to go over there and be there for my birthday. But uh, I haven't, I haven't timed it out that way. That's at the end of September. Oh, yeah. Tr- tricky time. Because yeah, I'm sure that's like. But yeah, the last time yeah. I was like pining to go over there for my birthday, I actually had friends who were in Japan at the time. So it was almost like I was uh, living vicariously through their Facebook photos. Yeah. If you have, it's like, it's in the words of Ferris Bueller. If you have the means, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Cause they'll really make you feel welcome. You know, like they'll be like, no, your life isn't meaningless. <laughs> um, <laughs> have a bunch of Godzilla toys. Um, <laughs> Step away from um, the abyss, Matt. Step away from the abyss. 
Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got to have my, my like kind of regular birthday, uh, at Kaiju Sakaba, which is really cool. Um, and at the one in, uh, uh, Kawasaki, uh, I went to the one in the new one in Shimbashi. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that's really cute. It's a tiny little, it's a really small one, but it's really kind of cute. And, uh, um, it's very cozy. Um, the, the big one in Kawasaki is a little overwhelming, but I, I love it, but it's, it's kind of big, you know, and there's just a lot of stuff. The one in Shimbashi is kind of cute and, uh, modest. And my buddy, uh, my buddy, uh, Yusuke works there. Uh, did you meet Yusuke? I know he's, Yusuke. He's yeah. He was in, guys. yeah, he was in my uh, documentary. Yeah. 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 That's where I think I originally saw him and the, uh, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to go to that destroyer event together oh, in January. That's, that's so, that's so great. Yeah. yeah. The listeners have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm just going to gloss over it. So yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I want to check out that Shimbashi one too. Uh, and now tell me a little bit about yeah. Tokyo Comic-Con. Oh yeah. Um, uh, geez, hang on. I gotta, I gotta rearrange my brain thoughts. Uh, so I got to go back from, from, from fun vacation mode into work mode. Tokyo Comic Con was really great. It was big, but not too big. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 this year was actually the first time I got to go to San Diego Comic Con proper. And cause I had a little signing event for, um, the Shin Godzilla poster that I did. Oh, um, right on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, for Funim- Funimation. And then I got to, um, uh, and you, I kind of got to walk around the show floor and it's a, it's just a little overwhelming. Like there's just a lot of stuff and it's kind of hard to navigate. And I will absolutely agree with all of that. Yeah. When I went yeah. in 2013, I was like, I don't really want to come back here again. <laughs> <laughs> Not my scene. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, I, I would like to go back, but I would only go back if I had something else to promote. Like, Going, going as like an attendee is just kind of like a, man, I've just got to, I got to fight through these crowds and oof, it's, it's a little rough, but, um, but the, uh, but Tokyo Comic Con is, is modest by comparison. It's, uh, it's, it's everything is spaced out. Well, there's lots of space to walk around. The crowds never got overwhelming at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. There were a lot of really great, um, big promotions for uh diaclone which is like their which is the which is the toy line that transformers is based on oh okay um and they're reviving that which is weird um (laughs) (laughs) but cool though it's very cool um i i was seated i was actually seated right in front of like the main entrance so i was like the first table a lot of people saw and so Welcome to Matt Frank's Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, welcome to my. <laughs> I almost, I almost dropped some hard curse words, so I, I steered away from that. Thank you. Um, yeah, um, no, it's, I'm just like, yes, yeah, it's my house. Um, <laughs> although I was also very cold because the the we were we got a nice wind tunnel effect from these big open doors. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh. but it was fun. But it's fun though, and and. We were, uh, I was right next to the Subaraya, um, booth where, uh, they like, that was, that was where like a bunch of Subaraya folks kept coming over and like, like the, like the head of Subaraya came over to shake my hand and thank me for my work stuff, which I was like, holy crap. Uh, one of the heads of Bandai came over to my table and bought a bunch of stuff. Um, the, um, 
oh man, who else? Like just like it, like like, and in our main contact at Subaraya, uh, Fujita-san, he kept coming over and being like, "Hey, you want to go get a picture with this?" And "Hey, you want to check this out?" And and then at one point he was like. Hey, you want to go meet Dan Moroboshi, the original Ultra Seven? Yes. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and and that was really really very cool. And you know, I got to like see them promote uh, the new Gridman series and the new Ultraman anime. And of course, all day the theme song for Kaiju Girls was playing, and I'm just like, yay! Um, <laughs> stupid show. I love it. Um, <laughs> Kaiju Girls is awesome. Yeah. Really Listeners, great. if um, you're unaware, uh, Matt's wife and two of her friends were yes. dressed up as the Kaiju Girls at G-Fest uh, on yes. Saturday. And it was awesome. Yes, they were uh, Zetan. Morgan was, my wife was Zetan. And our friend Seja was Miklas. And Chloe was Ella King. So and awesome. The Ella King was kind of the hit. I think that was the one that like all the guests were like, Oh, Ella King. I remember Ella King. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was great. And, uh, I mean, there was just, and you know, uh, uh, Wakasa san was there for a little bit. Um, and he was signing stuff. Uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Taguchi, Kiyotaka Taguchi, the director of a bunch of Ultraman stuff, including Ultraman X. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was there. Uh, for like a little bit, we, we, I didn't even know he was there. We just saw each other and I was like, Oh, Taguchi san. And he's like, Oh, Hey. And we kind of talked for a minute and, and he signed some stuff for me and that was really nice. And I could go on and on about that, but <laughs> it, uh, it was a, it was a, it was the first time I had done a three day show in Japan. Like normally they're just one day. Yeah. So quick question about Tokyo Comic Con. Cause you compared it to the insanity of, of San Diego Comic Con. But what I'm wondering is, you have been to other like smaller shows in the States. So how does it compare to something like, uh, and I'm not, you know, disparaging that Dallas show. Gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. The one oh, where fan they had Expo? fan expo. Is that the one that they brought Takarada and some of the Godzilla guests to? Oh, wait. Okay. The one I'm thinking of is Dallas fan expo. And that was the one where they had, uh, Kitagawa. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so like, cause, cause, you know, I've been to San Diego, but here in Portland, we have Rose City Comic Con, uh, mm-hmm. Seattle has Emerald City Comic Con, you know, there are cons everywhere. And I think people associate San Diego with sort of like the big, big, big thing. So like, I'm wondering how Tokyo Comic Con would compare to some of the maybe smaller shows that you've been to here in the States. So I would say that Tokyo Comic-Con maybe has the energy of the smaller shows with the um, with the size and impressiveness of the bigger shows. Like there was a lot of really impressive stuff at Tokyo Comic-Con. Like they have the mask from the Phantom of the Paradise um, you remember that? Old yeah, movie. weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cool. they had the mask. They had an original, uh, like a reconstruction of the Queen Alien, uh, full size, like oh, life size. Yeah, I did see pictures of that. That's cool. I saw that being constructed before, uh, but that's a that's a. We'll get to that part of the story. Um, the oh, I'm trying to think of some other stuff. Like I said, their booths were just very impressive. They had a, they had like a reconstruction of one of the Gridman uh, costumes on display um 
they had a lot of cars and stuff. They had a giant stage. Because uh, at, at the end of the day on Sunday, um, uh, the director of Pacific Rim Uprising, as well as Rinku Kikuchi, came out to, mm-hmm. and promoted it. And I didn't even know they were going to be there. I was like, holy crap! That's um, awesome. And and just so, yeah, I would say energy wise, it felt like a small show, but size and scale wise, it felt like a big show. Mm. So I would say it, it would it would it, it's just because they're more civil. Gotcha. Like it's just more <laughs> a little more laid back and a little more like under control. It's not as like chaotic, yeah. you know, and it's not like like there's a lot of these things that they you couldn't just have out at an american show because somebody would touch it or try to just straight up take it right yeah um as opposed to here where everyone's really respectful uh everybody just you hands yourself don't don't try to take one of Gridman's uh armor parts you know <laughs> right like, chill out um <laughs> uh, oh and uh and um I also uh one of the other things that happened there that I that I'm just kind of floored by was I got some uh I got some uh some little bits some props as presents from uh the M1 the good people at M1. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I love Yuji yeah. and Michi. They're awesome. They're super sweet and they were just like, "Oh yeah, have a casting from uh Godzilla 2000's Claw." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually think well, I have one of those. <laughs> Like, yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to put a little, dis- put mine in a little display, like a glass display case or something like I um, did that for my Ghidra scale because I have one of the GMK Ghidra scales. Uh, uh, and one of those, too. Well, I was going to. That's awesome. Yeah, those are rad. Uh, I was totally going to put this claw in the same display case and then have them like right next to each other. But the right. claw is too fat, so I have to get a deeper display case. <laughs> let me know. Uh, let me know where you get it because I want to get one like that. Yeah, and if one that fits. Yeah, I'll um, take some pictures and send them to you. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the Tokyo Comic Con. You said you had a very special visitor come by your booth, and that was yeah, Keizo Murase. That's, yes, that's true. So, so for those who don't know. Uh, Keizo Murase is, I would argue, he's one of the last great connections to the Showa era, to the golden age of Tokusatsu, and uh, he is the is a is a suit maker and suit making supervisor uh, for uh, just tons of kaiju. He worked on Veron uh, the Unbelievable is sort of his big claim to fame. Uh, Norman and Ed put it as there's the cult of Varan where like there's this weird like like reverence for this character from a not super great movie. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? Varan is the best movie ever. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm also a member uh, of the cult. I, I, I to be fair, though, I, I still enjoy the movie. I, I rewatched it because um, Tokusatsu Hiho asked me to do an illustration for uh, for their recent Nakajima tribute issue. And, um, uh, so I rewatched the film to get some inspiration and I watched it with Morgan and Morgan at the end of it, Morgan came away from him with two things or three things. One, uh, Veron is cute. Uh, two, um, 
uh, what's his name? Akihiko Hirata, who, who, who played Sarazawa. And he was also in this. Yeah. Akihiko Hirata. Yeah. She was like, Ooh, he's pretty. Um, <laughs> take away and, that uh, scarring and that eye patch. And it's well, the hot well, man. he's, he's a, he's a little more, uh, cleaned up mm-hmm. in Veron. And, uh, and then, uh, she was like, wow, it's sure nice watching Godzilla again without all the substance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, but no, Veron's fun. And, uh, and, and Veron, the design is just, is just wonderful. Like it's oh, such yeah. an interesting, unique monster, uh, but very simple and very, um, definitely very in my top five kaiju designs for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Something and, very, there's something very earth based sort mm-hmm. of about and like it's recognizable that there are sort of like other animal features that have been yeah con- you know sort of conglomerated into this monster design and like i just i absolutely adore the the monster design yeah that's a really good way to put it it kind of has this traditional um japanese monster face like this kind of ogreish uh, you know, creature face or almost like maybe a little bit like a Shiza lion a little. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of him is, yeah, it, it just, there's just nothing really like him. And, uh, so as it turned out, so there's a little bit of, uh, of background to this. Um, so Marase san and I had actually met earlier in the trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I knew he was going to be at Tokyo Comic Con. It actually turned out his table was just a little, like a few, uh, blocks from mine um and i uh so a little bit before the show my friends uh hiroshi sagai and kakusei fujiwara um who are both special effects guys mm-hmm. uh, you, you, i'm sure you know this kyle uh uh sagai is a sculptor he's worked on a bunch of kaiju movies uh and kakusei san runs dummy head studios which is a a special effects house and they work on a and sculpting house. They work on a lot of stuff too. Uh, I watched them work last year. I watched them work on miniatures for the, uh, super, the most recent super Sentai series. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, they were, they were making little Ranger mock-ups of, for the, that were going to sit in the cockpits of the robots, <laughs> which I think is just hilarious and cool. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah. And, yeah. uh, listeners, if you, if you if the name Hiroshi Sagai sounds familiar, in addition to him working on uh, some of the Godzilla series stuff from the Heisei era, he was on the show with Sojiro Uchino when we talked about Gotuichi Kaiju. Yes, which I I now have I have made an official Gotochi Kaiju. Um, the uh, they have they are adopting Tehanodon. Nice, I remember Texas your sketch. Yeah, monster. He's so cool. It's, yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. And they've even wrote like a little like a little story for him and everything. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, um, you definitely inspired me to to come up with a, a Oregon kaiju. Oh man, I, I would love to see. See, that's what I want. That's kind of our our hope is that is that eventually like every state will have its own monster. Um yeah, uh I I, I desperately want to ask you about this Oregon kaiju, but if you just want to <laughs> You tell me about it now or you tell me about it later. For, I, I have to draw it first. <laughs> it's one of those okay, things. Okay, I think okay. I have to work through it uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, on, on the actual subject. Um, yeah. So Sagai San or Sagai Shogun as sometimes we call him. Uh, he, um, he and Kakse picked me up from the, uh, train station 
like the a day or two before Tokyo Comic Con. And they um and and I'm trying to remember which station it was. It's uh oh, it's a really far out there station. I think it was the I think it was the Chofu station, actually. Okay. Or Chofu is or, where you'd get off uh for the Katakawa studios. That's it. And you can see Daimajin mm-hmm. is not far from the station. Yeah, yet. yeah. Um yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we, uh, they picked me up there and then we went out, we ran by dummy head real quick and checked out some stuff. And I was like, Ooh, that's neat. And then we got back in the car and drove out to Yokota air base, uh, air force base, which is uh, a location for Mothra. We had some, uh, we had some lunch. It was super tasty. And then, uh, then we went out to, uh, Marase san studio. Um, which the name keeps escaping me. Do you remember the name of the studio? 20 Corp. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, uh, we went out there and I'm just like, and they told me, they said, yeah, you're going to meet Marase san. I'm like, holy crap. So we get there and, uh, and of course, you know, they're super cordial. They're super polite and they, and Marase or Papa, as they call him, mm-hmm. um, is just could not be more excited to talk about his, his stuff. And we sort of, he sort of was, he was going through his photo book that they put out that is just incredible. And, uh, he was telling all these stories about how like, Oh yeah. Um, I, uh, a lot of people think that the original Ghidorah was blue. Cause that sort of became a bit of an urban legend. Mm-hmm. In the fandom was like, Oh yeah, Ghidorah was blue. He said, no, it was actually not blue. He was painted the same similar color to Godzilla. He was painted like kind of a black color. Oh. Um, and, but the way the lighting from the photograph came out, it looks blue. <laughs> that's crazy. That's awesome. I know. That's cool. It was a neat little little nugget. And I'm like, oh, that's neat. And then we we started talked a little bit, and uh, he asked at one point if I if I had like, oh yeah, you know where the skin texture from Baron comes from, and I sort of just blurted out like it's a peanuts right it was like peanut shells and he starts laughing he starts laughing and it's just like i can't believe this this white boy from texas (laughs) knows knows so much about this and and uh yeah and and he had a great time he signed a bunch of stuff for me he signed this sketch uh by uh shinji nishikawa of baran nice that's so cool uh, I actually, yeah, yeah. I don't know if Nishikawa, if Nishikawa did another one of those, but he had that at Monster Palooza one year. And I was like, I was like, do I really need to buy two of his drawings? Because I had already bought his Geigen. <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs> and I, I let it go. Have, but man, it's so beautiful that, uh, it's like the Sumie style kind of brushwork almost of Varan for the listeners out there. It's amazing. Yeah. He was sort of lamenting that, uh, he, he and, uh, his assistants were kind of lamenting at Brave and Bold that not very many people were buying those. Mm. Um, and, uh, because it's just something about them, like they weren't as, I don't think they're as immediately appealing to the masses. Right. It's very different from his, yeah, his normal style is very recognizable because I think, especially for Kaiju fans, Nishikawa's like chibi stuff is, what I think most people have seen and then followed that, uh, following that would be his like realistic drawings. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, 
I actually really love his chibi anime drawings, like his manga style versions mm-hmm. of Miss Nomikawa and Katsura. They're just super adorable. That is for sure. Uh, <laughs> True. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. And um, but yeah, I saw that you had that Sumie uh, style Baran at the show at Brave and Bold. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to buy it. Nice. And I, and I told him I was going to go get Marase to sign it. And he was like, oh, like he actually like got really excited. He's like, that's really cool. And then. Sagai-san uh, gave me an old Bandai 1991 King Ghidorah for him to sign, for Murase to sign, because he worked on that suit, too. Yeah, so, yeah. It's cool. Murase is awesome because he sort of, like, spans both the Showa and the Heisei era, and um, and now, of course, he's sort of turned into that sort of sensei master, you know, class kind yeah. of guy. Uh, I, I'm sure you learned that peanut information from the special features on the media blasters varan dvd right yes absolutely. yeah yeah i was uh, actually just watching that again this morning because i'm a nerd <laughs> yeah oh well you know the other guy in that video the uh, the guy who's kind of learning how to uh make varan scales oh yeah shinada yeah yeah i met i met shinada san as well um he worked on the gmk godzilla suits yeah no it's okay so I think someday I might be able to meet my fellow members of the Varan's uh, cult in Japan, but so far I haven't been able to find their secret location. Uh, so maybe you can like hook me up with some information because I would love to meet Shinada. And I actually, I have, dude, I have, um, in earlier this year when I went to Monster Palooza, I bought the GMK Varan model kit from M1. So, uh, Oh yeah. Well, yeah. It was uh, it was one of those things where I I knew I really wanted it, and I jokingly told Jim Cirinella too. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, if you really want to break the bank, tell Yuji to bring the um, Varan kit, and they did. And I was like, oh awesome anybody want to buy some stuff from me <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> uh, but anyway yeah no shinata he seems super cool I, I totally want to meet him someday yeah he's he yeah when i met him he showed me like the the some some turnaround pictures of the Baron maquette and stuff because they didn't have it physically anymore yeah although he did let me hold uh some some props and stuff i i, I can't go too much anyway yeah but, uh, you know that it, uh those those maquettes were actually on display this is like we're wildly tangenting right now yeah, from oh our yeah. conversation but it's cool because i think people will like it those maquettes were on display at the uh tokusatsu dna event that just happened in um uh kyushu a couple of months ago so oh, i know they're yeah. i know they're around i'm pretty sure they're in somebody's collection but Someday yeah, oh, I hope yeah, to see him exactly. in person. I, yeah, I was gonna say my manager for my birthday bought me a couple of those books from that event. Sweet, and, sweet. I mean, there was a bunch of stuff that happened during this trip that we're just not gonna be able to go into uh, this time. But uh, the but Mara- meeting Marase is definitely one of those like I can't believe this is happening. Like, because you know it, he's just. It's just great that he's still around. He's still kicking. He's still working. Um, when I was there at his studio, they were putting together that big aliens, uh, uh, statue, that mm-hmm. big queen alien. They were, they were assembling it and like putting the final touches on it and everything, um, for the show floor. And then, um, they, uh, <laughs> and of course I'm walking next to Sagai and Sagai is just giddy. 
the whole time. He's just like legend, <laughs> legend, legend. Yeah. And like just he's so happy. And um, that's the thing about the people who I've who work who've worked on these movies. They're all just they are well and truly fans of each other. And everybody in this industry is just they're so supportive and they all love each other's stuff. And um, so, yeah, and they had said that, oh, yeah, Marasa San's going to be at Tokyo Comic Con. Like, oh, great. Well, I'll come make sure to come see him. And that was when I learned that Marase San has something new coming down the pipe. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's. uh, So Marase at was it just after Tokyo Comic Con? There was an announcement made where he was involved with a Kickstarter campaign. They more or less they broke the news like at the show. Like we saw it. I saw it at the table because I saw his photo. He wasn't there on Friday, but I, I walked by the table and I'm like, oh, this is going to be where Marasisan is. And then I looked at more of what was on there and I'm like, oh, this is, oh, and I saw there was one line of English of English mm-hmm. and it says legendary. That was what was so cute about it was that they spelled legendary <laughs> with an R. Um, I was like, you guys are adorable. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it was, it was legendary monster maker, Keizo Marase Kickstarter campaign, yada, yada. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that. And, and they, and they have all these props from this new movie. It's a uh, howl from beyond the fog. And, um, the guy actually running it is, um, uh, Daisuke Sato, Sato-san. And he uh, was there and we talked a little bit and he and his assistant were there and they were, and, and Daisuke-san, um, he's been in Tokusatsu for a while. Like, he worked on Gamera the Brave. He worked on a couple of Gamera of the Gamera movies. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, they were just like, they were, they had all these props on display and, specifically of the monster mm-hmm. you know this i think it's called nebula yeah and so yeah. for the listeners out there just this has been a thinly veiled conversation uh, <laughs> that is supposed to, that we have morphed into this promotional thing for this kickstarter now to be per, i mean just cards on the table this is one of those kickstarter campaigns that i for many many reasons want to see it succeed as i'm sure matt does too so what we're going to be talking about now is we're going to be talking a little bit about this Kickstarter campaign. So Matt's talking about who this guy who's running the campaign is. There's a different, yeah. I just want to make sure that nobody misunderstands. Like Matt is not with the campaign. I'm not with the campaign. We just want to see it succeed because a Keizo Morase is involved and this guy it, like uh like Sagai was saying, this guy is a legend, right? This dude, yeah. this is the guy who made some of your favorite monsters, listeners. So if you haven't picked that up from this conversation, I just wanted to make <laughs> sure to I really ram it in there because uh, <laughs> right now, as it stands of this recording, the campaign only needs a total of seven thousand one hundred and five U.S. dollars. Which is pocket change. I know that's less than mine. I mean, that's less than my original. Uh, yeah backing funding whatever was for my limit (laughs) yeah so i right now it's raised 2700 in donations so what we really want is we want people to get in there and look at it uh and check it out look at those rewards i know it was confusing at first and we're going to get back to talking a little bit about uh what matt knows about uh daisuke and marase and their involvement and what they're going to be producing 
But, I appreciate you. I appreciate you yeah. kind of taking us down this path because I would have just barreled forward and be like, no, yeah, it's just one I, of those things yeah. where, like, when I when it was first announced, you know, they didn't have a lot of English, but since then, I know Tim Bean has work, been working with them a little bit, and uh, a lot more has been translated. So now there's a trans, there's a subtitle that is a, uh, going through the entire kickstarter video and the entire yes. campaign has been bit by bit translated into paragraphs so you get a japanese paragraph and then an english paragraph one of the updates if you wanted to see what those kickstarter rewards are which we'll talk about in a little bit but one of those updates to the campaign had all of the rewards written out in english so if you go to the campaign yeah. one of the things about kickstarter is that once you sort of make your campaign live, you only get a very small amount of time where you can make changes to it. And right. so once you have your rewards locked in, you can't go back in and edit those rewards. So they had to do it in an update. So if you go to the actual campaign page, it might be confusing, but I'll have a link in the show notes of this actual episode that will point directly to that list in English. So you can see how much things are and, uh, and and what those actual rewards will get you for backing this project. Because it really, I mean, if you like giant monster movies, you really should be helping this become a reality, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I can't agree with you. I cannot agree with you more. It's it's not just listening to these, just watching the video and listening to these guys talk about it. And especially for me, because I, you know, got to experience their hospitality and their enthusiasm I got to look at their props and they were showing me the, uh, the puppet. I, and I'll send all these videos to you, um, Kyle, uh, if you want to put them on your page or something or provide links to them or something. Uh, I got to take videos of the puppet for Nebula, the main monster. Cause the basic gist of the story is that, um, and actually before starting the show, before we recorded, I sent a uh, Daisuke a quick message, uh, asking him, Hey, is there anything you want me to talk about? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want me to go ahead? Is there any, are there any major bullet points you want me to, to talk about? And he said, Oh, well, it, it, uh, it was specifically, uh, it's specifically, uh, inspired by Ray Bradbury's The Foghorn. Um, which for those of you who may not remember, uh, The Foghorn is also the story that inspired, um, the, the beast from 20,000 20, fathoms. fathoms. Yeah. Yeah. And Jinx. Um, Sorry. <laughs> what's that? I said Jinx because I said it at the same time. Oh, oh of course. Being yeah. Well, that's how it goes. I mean, hopefully it'll even come through on my end since I'm using my. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 gentle listener, if I sound more artifacted <laughs> than usual, it's because we were having some Skype problems and I'm using my I'm using my iPad headphones right now. <laughs> Sounds great, dude. It really does sound good. OK. Yeah. Well, that's you know, that's Apple products for you just take that check. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so, and he also mentioned that he was also very much inspired by Edogawa Rampo's novels, which are these, he, there's a novelist from the, uh, the, uh, from 1894 to 1965. Uh, he took inspiration from those novels as well. It's basically a, it's basically a, the, the story is sort of this Edo period, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like Daimajin or something where it's a period piece kaiju story. Mm-hmm. And 
the monster itself, of course, initially they had planned to make it all with puppets, like rod control puppets and hand puppets and stuff. But then they kind of remarked that it didn't quite have the impact they were looking for. Uh, and Sato-san um, has uh, he he studied under Murase, and you know Murase is of course the master, and he had the Kickstarter is really not so much for the film itself. The Kickstarter is really just to get the monster suit made. Right, right. And and you you can watch Murase-san old old pops. You can watch old pops talk about this very ambitious idea where they have like a suit that will also be rod controlled and will have like breathing, like, like air sacs to make the lungs move and all this very elaborate sounding stuff. And I'm like, man, that sounds really cool. And, um, I just, you know, and, and of course the, the other elements of the movie is that it's all going to be made with like with pup, with, with puppetry down to the human level. Cause there's also a, the story is ultimately about this. Uh, it's sort of a, <laughs> you know, I just saw shape of water the other night, mm-hmm. um, which I was just blown away by. And it's sort of like this story about this connection between this, um, this, uh, mute woman and this, uh, fish, this, this gill man, this super sexy gill man from the Amazon. <laughs> and, uh, and and then it's almost a weird echo of that because uh, how from beyond the fog is about a blind uh, woman, a blind uh, a blind woman who plays the. Uh, it's not a shamisen. It's something. It's like a guitar, but it's not quite a guitar. Um, is it a biwa? And, a what? Is it a biwa? I think so. I, anyway, I <laughs> yeah, the listeners and, are like, I don't know what these things are. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. It's it's got strings and it makes music. Hey. And these are like for real Japanese names, listeners for real. It's about her and she's blind. And then apparently the monster is blind too. So, uh, I, it's going to be about their story and this kind of connection. And I'm like, that sounds really nice. And the woman is, of course, she's a rod control puppet, like the old Thunderbirds shows and stuff. It looks super cool. I mean, I watched the video a few times already and I just watched the subtitled one this morning and to yes, be honest, is. like, this is one of those things where, I mean, how do I say this without doing the, the too hard sell? Uh, <laughs> you know, when people bring over, when conventions bring over these guests, right? Japanese mm-hmm. actors, Japanese special effects guys. I think it's a, it's our duty as kaiju fans to support that, you know? And so that's yes. why, that's why I love to talk about those events. Like when conventions are bringing Takarada or, uh, Yoshida or anybody. I like to make sure that I help spread that information out there because I have had so many people tell me, Hey, I'm glad you told you mentioned that on the show because I would not have known that they were going to be in Kentucky at the, you know, at this one convention. And, and other people have told me that, you know, for some reason they aren't already following all the stuff that I follow. So I share a lot of news with them. So I really want people to understand that this is something that if you're listening to this now, get out there and really support it because the actual campaign ends on January 4th. So I know it's, uh, I know it's probably one of those things where a lot of people don't know about this campaign and they haven't really heard the details about it. 
but now you can finally see them, and we don't have that much time to go. There's, as of this recording, there's only 18 days left in the campaign. Oof. And I know that it's a it's a tough time of year because it's Christmas time, and everybody is, um, you know, everybody's just trying to to make ends meet or try to get Christmas and everything. Just throw a little bit of money at this because it's only seven thousand dollars. That's that's nothing. Yeah, it's just a drop in the hat for and a project, especially like for this, like yeah. this super. Well, I mean, relatively speaking, I mean, I, I know seven thousand dollars is some chump change, but compared to some of these Kickstarter campaigns, which are like hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, for and 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 I'm a big fan of Kickstarter, but I also recognize that Kickstarter is kind of a gamble because so many campaigns sort of run away from their creators and sort of become untenable, which is a real shame um, because you know, it hurts the otherwise potential because, but, but this, but this just, there's just so much earnestness to this. It's not a very lofty goal. It's totally reasonable and within, within their reach to make this happen. And I don't know, like, I, I think it's a worthwhile endeavor to throw some money at this and, you know, and I'm, I'm currently working on a, uh, a little bit of fan art myself. I'm, I'm doing it in the, that ukiyo-e inspired mm-hmm. style that I did Rage Across Time in. Nice. So that'll be, that'll be fun. I just have to finish the stupid thing. Ever since I, <laughs> since I got back, I've been struggling between, uh, cleaning the house, trying to, um, put up my Christmas decorations, trying to switch my diet back to American food, which has gone disastrously. Um, <laughs> it's like, what do you mean I can't eat tacos every day? Yeah. Um, and, so, but so it's, I've just been trying to get this thing done, but that's what I'm really hoping is I can put this out there and that people will cut onto this because it's the old school style of monster movie that I want to see more of. Yeah. You know? For, for people out there who are, uh, and I know a lot of people out there that like to complain about CGI stuff and they like to mm-hmm. reminisce and wish that we had more practical effects in uh, our media these days. This is pretty much, I know they're going to have to do some digital stuff with this, but the entire campaign, well, obviously the campaign is built around building the monster suit, which is a practical effort, but the entire rest of the the film is also going to be pretty much all practically done. Like Matt said, you've got like a puppet, a rod controlled puppet as one of the main characters and then the monster. So this is really if you're if you're one of those people that's like man practical all the way this is actually what you should be supporting for sure yeah exactly it it's the you know i saw that you know not to not to be a big negative nancy but i saw the trailer for uh uh jurassic world fallen kingdom the other day mm-hmm and I know that they've been talking about there being like puppets and practical effects in the movie. You don't see any in the trailer. And I'm looking <laughs> yeah. at this thing and I'm just like, it's all these CGI dinosaurs and they look neat, but I'm just like, Ugh. there's so many of them and it just makes me tired. And, and then you see something like this where it's like, no, all of our focus is on this one monster. We just want to make this one really awesome monster prop. And, have it have all these little details to it, have it 
breathe and be alive and have a performer inside of it. And I'm just like, man, that's the that's the good stuff right there. Yeah, I yeah. tell you, I'm actually very surprised that the goal of the campaign is only seven thousand dollars. I think uh, if this if this succeeds, listeners, let's definitely try and get a new campaign set up so that I can have my own kaiju suit built and then on display <laughs> here in the studio. I'm just kidding. Let's start. Let's start with this one, though. Uh, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So once again, just to reiterate a little bit. So we've got Daisuke Sato, who is the director of the short film, which is called Howl from Beyond the Fog. What he's done is he's asked the master Murase to help build a practical suit, a monster suit for this film. And the campaign is to raise funds for that monster suit. You're probably wondering what are some of the rewards you can get. Now, there are not a ton of different levels of support. So instead of going through every single one of them, I will refer you once again to the link that I'll have in the show notes that will point you directly to this list. But some of the stuff that I thought was awesome is that for even just 1500 yen, which is about 13 US dollars, you'll get a making of Howl from Beyond the Fog PDF. So like a digital version of a book. That is so cool. Yeah. And then, uh, 3000 yen, which is about $27, gets you the, uh, gets your name or desired nickname in the credits. You know, the kaiju cast is going to be appearing in there. Yeah, uh, boy. And so, uh, 6000 yen, about $53 is when a DVD comes into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, thousand, 10,000 yen, which is about $88 is a Blu-ray version of the, of the film. In addition to that's other the, stuff, I'm just sort of highlighting some things here. Yeah. That's the one I selected mm-hmm. was the, was the 10,000 yen one. But then, uh, but then I was like, and I think they just announced that they're also doing a making of book, like a physical book. Yes. Yes. They and, did and have and a I was brand like, new update. Oh crap. Huh, how do I get both? <laughs> um, yeah. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Actually, so that's a uh, for five thousand yen, you get the making of the kaiju suit book, which is estimated at it's estimated to be about a hundred pages, which is fantastic, unbelievable, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 literally unbelievable. No, no, it's that not. was not even supposed to be a Varan reference, but then I just was like, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that, and now I'm sad. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so there's tons of stuff out here. Uh, let's see, what, what else were we going for here? I mean, if you really are that, you know, this gung ho about it, there's a 50,000 yen, which is about 444 US dollars, where you'll actually get a 19 inch flexible polyurethane version of Nebula. I want it. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I super want it. I'm trying to think there's a way I can justify it. Yeah, I that unfortunately is way beyond my budget, but it sounds super cool. And then yeah. uh the you know, there's some other big tier ones. You get a functional costume sized head of Nebula <laughs> if you so back at like uh the three hundred thousand yen level, which is about twenty six hundred dollars US. And then the top tier if you want to donate 500,000 yen, which is about 4,439 US dollars, you'll be invited to a film screening and the movie wrap party, uh, in addition to a whole bunch of other stuff. So there's a, there's a lot of levels out there. I'm assuming that most people are going to be really interested in those first four levels or that some of the first five levels, I guess I should say, you know, getting the PDF. That's a really easy way to support 
the uh to support the campaign and you get a little something out of it or you know go the go the next level up get your name in the credits go the next level up get your dvd or the next level up get the blu-ray i mean it's really please look at this stuff please help this campaign uh succeed it's another one of those things where i'm like look american fans english actually international fans we need to show these people in japan that they have our support and so yes. that's why i'm really trying to hit this home with you guys uh listening that this is something that we should put our our support behind because so far i've seen a little bit of stuff a little bit of presence online i think this is where sort of the campaign is struggling is getting that word out there now that there's english yeah. stuff now that there's a bunch of english that you can read <laughs> please get yeah. out there and read it and review the campaign and donate absolutely so i mean i'm going to be sharing this i'm going to be i'm, I'm trying to get this we're trying to get this fan art done because when you have visuals to, sh- to to go along with it i think that it it uh it can be it, it, it's it it helps strengthen your message a little bit which is why i want to signal boost with some artwork so. absolutely oh you know yeah. what another signal boost thank you for saying that matt because another thing <laughs> that i would like to share with the listeners is that as matt mentioned this is a difficult time for people to separate some money away to donate to a project like this. Mm-hmm. What I would say is if you can, or if, especially if you cannot contribute to this, please share it, share it with your, uh, your Godzilla group, share it with your friends who are also into practical filmmaking techniques, get the word out there because we don't have as much time as I would like for this campaign yeah. to actually get the, get the goal. And again, as Matt mentioned, as I mentioned, Seven grand is not, not expensive. I mean, I mean, it's a lot of money for one person to come up with, but for a Kickstarter campaign like this, my campaign surpassed $7,000 like in no time. And then I know other kaiju related campaigns have also surpassed their a dollar amount like this or a donation pledge amount like this. So yeah, yeah, let's just get out there and spread the word, please. What I, what I would love to see is I would love to see all these people who, Say you're a Godzilla fan. You say you're a kaiju fan. You say you like kaiju stuff. Maybe you've got a YouTube channel or something, or maybe you're, you do reaction videos or unboxing videos or something. I, I, I don't, well, I'm not the kind of person who likes to say like, well, if you were a real fan, X, Y, and Z, because that's, that's kind of a prick thing to say. And you don't want to, you don't want to be a gatekeeper or anything. But at the same time, I can't help but say, if you really, really want to show your appreciation, you, you mentioned this before, Kyle, if you want to show your appreciation for this genre, I think that this is important. So go spread the word. Please, please go spread the word. It's one of those things where, you know, we're this. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it this way. I'm going to be pushing real hard over the next 18 days to make sure that the word gets out there. And I think that's going to be the biggest barrier to people because i it's going to upset me greatly in February if this doesn't succeed. And I hear people say, Oh man, I never even heard about that campaign, ah. you know, and it, yeah. it's a, it's an uphill battle because we've only got 18 days left in this campaign to try and make it happen. Um, but you know, if you can do it, if you can swing it, please check it out. Even, even at the smallest level, right? Even the $4 mm-hmm. contribution absolutely helps. So. Uh, yeah, you've 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 surely you've got you guys have got four dollars. 
that that you know i know i know that monster arts anime godzilla which oh yeah i saw that movie while i was over there <laughs> yeah didn't talk about we it didn't talk about but, that here. maybe sometime uh, was, for the future it was, it was pretty good i liked it it was pretty good cool, cool. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was, uh <laughs> but um i know that monster arts anime godzilla is super tempting you got four bucks you throw four bucks at this thing come on come yeah. on oh wait here let come me let, here's here's my final hard sell for you listeners christmas is coming up you want to buy the kaiju cast a present donate to this campaign yes in lieu of presents <laughs> donate to this campaign that's what i want you people to do do you love me <laughs> do you want to show me the love that my parents withheld from me no way um <laughs> i'm just kidding love you mom love you dad love you dad um but uh no seriously anyway i mean we the, this is this, we, this we keep day, banging yeah. the drum because we love the genre and we know you love yes. the genre listeners and so uh i hope that with publishing this episode we're gonna see a boost in the donations and the uh, the backers here because Keizu Murase has not been on this podcast yet, but you guys, I really want to invite him onto the show and be able to congratulate him on the uh, the win for this campaign when it's going yes. to happen, right? Right? Staying yes. positive. Come on, come <laughs> on, you wimps! Put your money where your mouth is. I don't know if I should be insulting. No, no. Is, is this a good cop, bad cop kind of situation? I feel like yeah, that might be what's happening It's like happening Kit, here. Kyle's being all, you know, <laughs> sweet and nice. But I was like, come on, guys. Come on. I'm over here like, come on, you <laughs> You really want to? You, you, oh, you like kaiju, huh? Oh, I like it. Look at me. How you been? Anyway, I'm going to stop. No, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so Matt, is there anything else you wanted to share uh, about your time with a Marase or the crew uh, behind the howl from beyond the fog. Like I said, they could not have been more accommodating. They showed us a lot of really cool stuff that I was like surprised I got to see. Oh, the, the coolest part. One of the coolest parts was at Tokyo comic con, uh, Marase San and Daisuke San came over to my table and, um, they requested some commission sketches and, being that they had already like in the interest of full disclosure being that they had already been so accommodating i said don't worry about it this is on a house you guys just keep doing what you're doing so i whipped out uh a varan for i had done <laughs> i had done a varan when meeting uh marase san and it was so funny because he looked at he he, he complimented he said it's very nice but he didn't quite get varan's nose right <laughs> and i'm like damn Dang it. Um, Schooled by so, the master. So again, he was, he was very sweet about it. He was like, he didn't quite get his nose right. Um, and I'm like, well, I did it like, I did it like half an hour. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I found out I was going to be meeting you. So, uh, I'm so no, sorry, master. Cool I'm so sorry. And, then, and then he came back and he asked me for another one. He's like, well, I would like one in the sketchbook here. So I, and, and Daisuke, since he had worked on Gamera the Brave, he wanted a Toto. He wanted like a baby Gamera. And so, um, and I remember I had to make those sketches be like the last ones of the day because I had all these other sketches I had to get through. Tokyo Comic Con was crazy. I had a line at my table all weekend. I had to put up a, a I'm resting sign just so I could sit there and work on commissions. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so at the end of the day, I was rocking out um, the Varan and Gamera. 
and I finished the Varan. I did the uh, I did the moment when he's uh, reaching up to bite the flare that's falling at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and Maris on love. He was like, whoa, he, he loved that. He's like, that's really cool. And then I did the Toto for um, Daisuke and he was over the moon for that. I gave him a little bit of green in his eyes. You get those big baby, those uh, big baby green nice. eyes. So it's awesome, dude. Uh, yeah, and so that was really cool. And and what was really amazing was um, Marazisan. When the day was over, Marazisan actually came over to my table and just patiently waited for me to finish those sketches. And he could not have been just he just he was just patiently waiting there, just like. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. I am panicking, violently panicking, because I'm just trying to get the stupid thing done without rushing it. And Marase-san, he's just like, it's going to have been more chill. That's it's going to have cool. been more the opposite of what I was at that moment. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to see him come back to the States. Uh, listeners, this is one of those things, like, you can always help with when, when these kind of conventions are happening near you. Not Tokyo Comic Con, but obviously the local domestic conventions here in the States. But Marase was a guest at Monsterpalooza two years ago, and I did not get a chance to talk to him. Uh, yeah. which is a damn shame because he's, he's got such a rich history under his yeah. belt. So let's, uh, let's make sure to share your support <laughs> for this Kickstarter campaign. Make sure to show your support for these people coming over to the States. Matt, <laughs> I think this is hopefully, <laughs> I hope this has been a great promotional push for this Kickstarter campaign and at the yeah. same time entertaining the listeners with their, with tales from your recent trip to Tokyo. Thanks so oh, much yeah. for being on the show, man. And, and, uh, I look forward to seeing what you're producing here as your fan art. Uh, and yes. hopefully we can share that with the blog post that, uh, that happens when we release this episode. Cause listeners, this needs your support. Yes. I, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. I'm always happy to be on the show. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, I, I feel like Kaiju cast has been this, uh, great, um, clarion, throughout the years that I know that, that as many years as I've been a professional in this genre, um, Kaiju cast has been there and, um, I, uh, I always appreciate coming on the show. So the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping so too. Yeah. Like, like we were saying, if you want to get us bir- birthday, if you want to get us Christmas presents, donate to this campaign, make sure this happens, right? Like that's what, that's what yeah. this is. all. It's been a long time since I've pushed a campaign, on the Kaiju cast. So I'm hoping that you guys out there understand how important this is to me and how important yes. this is to Matt and how this is something that like really every Kaiju fan, every practical film effect fan should be out there supporting. So hopefully you'll hear this <laughs> and you'll head over to the campaign, check it out and back at it, whatever level you feel is appropriate. And if you do so, please shoot me a message and let me know, you know, shoot this pop over to the Kaiju cast Facebook page and be like, yo, I donated because then I will be like, yeah, super happy. So, uh, with that being said, Matt Frank, thanks again for being on the show. Uh, we'll have to have you back on to hear about some of your next projects. Congratulations on your trip to Tokyo. And (laughs) I'm just going to say everything attached to your trip to Tokyo. Congratulations on that stuff. It sounds awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. And, uh, Yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, uh, we will talk again soon. 